Hello, my name is Paul Matthew Carr, and I'd like to tell you a story. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this thing that I do. It's called The Elkcast. I'm Paul Matthew Carr, and I like to make things up and write them down. Occasionally, I take those written down things and I say them aloud into a microphone, and that produces, well, this thing you're hearing right now. It's a pretty simple premise, really. On this particular episode, I'll be reading another story from my ongoing series, The Impermanence of Objects. Now, these are short meditations on loss, so, you know, it's going to be another uplifting time in the podcasting world today. But before I read that story, I want to talk a little bit about the setting. It's a beach story, or it's set in a beach town, I should say. Many, many years ago, I lived in New Jersey. New Jersey? No kidding. Which exit? Ah, but seriously, folks, I was in my mid-twenties at the time, and as you can imagine... I was an idiot. I was making bad decisions in poorly thought out situations. And for the most part, I had a really good time doing this, even if I occasionally made a fool of myself from time to time. Now at this point, I should point out that the Jersey Shore, uh, the reality of the Jersey Shore, is not like the Jersey Shore TV show. No. The reality is a lot different. It's mostly families, you know, moms and dads and kids sunning themselves on the beach and swimming in the ocean and riding the rides on the boardwalk. It's not all rowdy beach parties and MTV. Oh, sure. Yeah, there was spring break stuff going on from time to time, usually in spring. <laughs> but, uh, the <laughs> but the majority the majority of the younger folks were respectful of everyone else and yeah we would go out clubbing and uh, there would be bands playing and you know various forms of low level debauchery but it was nothing like um, it was nothing like what's her name what was her name scurvy <laughs> no that's not it <laughs> uh you know what was her name the the orange one snooky snooky <laughs> That's it. It's curvy. Anyway, yeah, we weren't all snookies, and um, I don't I don't know any of the guys' names. Guido. I, I don't know what their names are. Anyway, it was much more tame than that. Uh, so I did that for a few years. That was my life. We would, uh, you know, and we would go out at night and, uh, and have fun and such, but we all had jobs, and um, we had a modicum of responsibility. Speaking of jobs... Um, I had a friend, uh, he, he was named Steven, who worked on the boardwalk at a little shop. Now, down the shore, there are two cottage industries. There's saltwater taffy and fudge, uh, sometimes a combination of the two. And Steven worked in a fudge shop. Uh, it was his job to put the fudge into boxes in order to sell the fudge to tourists. Uh, his job title was Fudge Packer. A designation that he wore with pride. Uh, he would tell as many people as he possibly could what he did for a living. You know what I do? You know what I do? I'm a fudge packer. I pack the fudge. Every day I'm packing the fudge. Ooh, you can't stop me. I pack so much fudge. I pack so much fudge, it would blow your damn mind. 
You need your fudge packed? I'm your guy. <laughs> that story, that story, by the way, has no bearing, no bearing at all on what I'll be talking about, except maybe to illustrate the kind of guys I hung out with and, uh, and maybe to illustrate the kind of guy I am because I found that immensely funny every time Stephen would say it. But that's all beside the point. Now, me, I worked in a restaurant. Yeah, not, a, not a big surprise for a tourist town. And, it, and the restaurant was a big one. It was uh, somewhat fancy. It was called The Wharfside. And we would do 700 or more dinners a night in the summers. Now, if you've never worked in the restaurant industry, let me tell you, 700 dinners a night is huge. It's a hell of a lot of dinners. It's a hell of a lot of work. And we would, uh, we would have seven or eight people behind the line, all moving and weaving in and out of one another. It was like a, it was like a dance, a ballet, one misstep. And not only could you ruin a dinner, you could injure yourself quite badly. I have scars to prove it. And it was hot. God damn, it was hot. Over 100 degrees, well over 100 degrees. We used to have uh, canisters, dispensers of salt pellets on the wall, and we'd pop them all day to, to prevent dehydration. And you had to drink a lot of fluids. Now, uh, it should have been water, but I usually drank soda, Sprite, in fact, which made me thirsty, so I drank more soda. It was a vicious cycle. And I did that because, God, I was stupid. And at the end of the night, the bartenders would walk through the kitchen and ask us if we needed a last drink, a big boy drink. Now, we weren't allowed to consume alcohol on duty, so it had to be hidden in big boy clothes. Uh, big boy Coke was a rum and Coke. Uh, big boy Sprite was gin and tonic, etc., etc. So we drink our big boy drinks as we cleaned up. And then, hot, sweaty, and exhausted, We'd slip down to the boardwalk with a waitress on our arm and we'd go into the Broadway bar and grill where the beers were cheap and they roasted clams on a grill behind the bar and we'd eat the clams with Tabasco sauce and chase them with a Budweiser. And we smoked marlboros and we'd listen to some guy with a guitar and a drum machine as he'd sing Neil Young covers. And we'd laugh. God, we'd laugh. That was every night. It was a good time. Believe me, there are great memories from that period, but there was always this feeling that I shouldn't be there. That I needed to be somewhere else. Not an, not an uncommon feeling for me, if I'm honest. There has been, and still is to a certain extent, a part of me that is unsettled. Always looking to where I want to be, rather than where I am. And so, when an opportunity came to leave, I took it. I walked away. I ran away. See, there was always this nagging feeling that if I stayed, I would somehow miss something. I would lose something, lose a part of myself. By not moving forward, I would disappear. The story I'm going to read tonight the meditation I'm going to read is an attempt to describe that feeling. It's called The Impermanence of Objects, 
sand, and sea. Once, a long time ago, I lived in a house near the edge of the world. In the winter, when the air was still, I would lie awake at night and listen to the ocean, to the waves, relentless, never-ending. In my mind, I could see them. They would turn and curl and fall forward into the land, crushing it, tearing it, taking little pieces away. Tiny bits of earth carried, swirling in the salt water, until it was nothing, over and over and over again. I knew as I lie there in the darkness that the ocean would one day win. Slowly, in time, the ocean would take back what was hers, and the land where my little house stood would no longer exist. It would return back to the sea from where it came. But that, of course, was a long, long way away. I'd be gone ages before that would happen. No need to worry about that just yet. And so, I lay in the dark and I listened to the waves the cold night, and I tried to think of spring. Every year in the spring, the small town I lived in would import sand from further inland, Pennsylvania, sometimes Kansas, and it would dump it on the beaches. It was a way to confront the erosion, to halt the progress of time. Dozens of trucks would roll in backwards and empty their contents and reinforce the coast to stave off the inevitable for one more year. One more moment, another summer. In summer, the bathers would come. They would come from the cities, Philadelphia, New York, Newark. And they would lay their blankets and their towels on the foreign sand, unaware that it hadn't been there just a month before. And an army of children would arrive, armed with plastic yellow buckets and molded shovels, bright red and green and they would build castles and bury their fathers and dig for sand crabs. And the air would smell of salt and seafood and seaweed and the rot of damp reeds. And at the end of the day, they would stand at the edge of the ocean where the water was thin and wash the sand from their bodies, from their hands and from their feet. And into the water, the sand went in swirls of bubbles and foam. The little house I lived in was a simple A-frame, painted yellow with white trim, with a screened-in porch around the front to keep the mosquitoes at bay. The small square of yard you had to pass to get to the front door had no grass. It had been torn up and replaced with round pebbles by the landlord. It was easier to maintain, less work. The flowers in the wooden window boxes had all died years before, and they were never replaced. Once they would pop in the warmer weather, purple lilies, red tulips, yellow daisies, but they had become just boxes of dirt and soil, baking dry in the hot sun. In the fall, the evenings grew cooler, and I would walk along the boardwalk, barefoot, past the shops filled with saltwater taffy and dense fudge past the wooden roller coaster and the bumper cars, past the games of chance that you had no real chance of winning, past the cries of the pitchmen, try your luck, give the wheel a spin, only a dollar, 
past the water guns filling balloons in a clown's head. And I would meet up with others, some that I even knew. And we would walk together, and we would be advised to watch the tram car, please. And we would wait for the darkness, because at full dark, the fireworks came. Red and yellow and green, starbursts and shooters, Roman candles and pinwheels. And it was beautiful, beautiful and bright. Primary colored flashes that lit up the sky just for a moment before falling to earth in streaks of smoke and ash. And we owed and we awed and we held each other in that moment. A shared, beautiful experience. And there, in that moment, there was nothing else. Nothing else in the world that mattered. And all the while, the ocean was there, right beside us. Silently taking the earth away. Take a quick break, and when I come back, we'll finish up. Hi everyone, I'm Paul Matthew Carr, and I'd like to introduce you to a brand new podcast all about the craft and the process of writing. It's called Word After Word, and each month I'll be joined by Professor David Hicks to discuss the skills and methods needed to be a great writer. Using examples from novels, short stories, and poetry, as well as TV and film, we'll dissect passages, beautiful scenes, and characters, and investigate the process writers have employed in order to create their great work. Along the way, we'll be joined by special guests, best-selling authors, poets, as well as up-and-coming writers to get their advice and learn the habits that make them successful at what they do. So join us, Paul Matthew Carr and David Hicks, for Word After Word, a podcast on writing. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. You can also find us online at wordafterwordpodcast.com. Okay, that's it. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to me ramble for a while. But looking at the time here, it seems like it's going to be another short episode, so even if you didn't like it, it didn't take up that much of your time. (laughs) Now, if you'll indulge me, I just have to take care of a little bit of business here, and that is... You've been listening to The Elkcast, a storytelling podcast. The Elkcast is a Daddy Elk production. All stories and opinions told on this program are copyright me, Paul Matthew Carr, while all other materials are used for illustrative purposes only and are copyright their respective copyright holders. The Elkcast can be found at iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. So please subscribe and leave a comment. That'd be awesome if you did. Or find the show online at paulmatthewcar.com or daddyelk.com where you can leave a comment on individual episodes. You can also contact the show on Twitter at daddyelk. Use the hashtag elkcast or just send an email to the show elkcast at daddyelk.com. This program is for entertainment purposes only. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? All right, everybody, that's it. Hey, listen, I really do enjoy and genuinely like your feedback and i'd really like to know uh what you think of this program and if you have any thoughts or opinions i mean i I really want to know so please send me an email or contact me on twitter or uh, facebook or something i'd really appreciate that okay i should be back really soon and by really soon i mean not really soon but sometime in an unknown future that may or may not be soon Again, I hope you enjoyed this. Thank you for listening so much. Oh, and by the way, in case you're curious, 
The exit was 98. Bye, everybody. Mm-hmm.